Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hub World Podcast. Today's episode will have us covering everything and anything we want to talk about. My name is Mateo, and today I'm joined by... Gino. And Jules. Whether you're joining us from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to like and subscribe. Now, let's get this episode rolling. First off, I'd like to thank everyone, because the Hub World has passed another milestone uh, recently. On YouTube, we have passed 500 subscribers. We're actually at 510 subscribers at the time of recording this. So our little experiment will uh, keep on going, and hopefully one day we can celebrate 1,000 subscribers. Just wanted to to thank everyone just quickly before we started. So thank you once again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was my best. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yours is better, your Beetle. I didn't even sound like Beetle. <laughs> so this episode, like I said in the intro, we're just going to be covering a whole bunch of stuff like recent game announcements, our trip to the Sonic Symphony. It's just there's not going to be any sort of clear direction. If there's anything that you've been playing recently that you want to talk about or something you're looking forward to, by all means, we'll just have a, a a nice discussion going here. So, but uh, I just I think first of all we should talk about our Sonic Symphony trip because we alluded to that in the last episode. And if you've seen recently, I've posted all the songs that I did record uh, at the Symphony. I didn't want to record everything, but I recorded most of the rock songs, and they've been performing pretty good on the channel. And uh, surprisingly, His World is the one that is uh, doing the best. I honestly didn't expect that. And surprisingly, <laughs> we Sonic 06 fans, we are the true Sonic fans. Yeah, because most of the fandom bailed after that moment. I guess you guys are the most diehard. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside. You can't love me at my Sonic 06. You don't deserve me at my Sonic Mania. So Gino, Jules, Giancarlo, and I, we went to Seattle to watch the Sonic Symphony. Unfortunately, they haven't announced a tour date for Vancouver, but we were lucky enough to go down. Gino uh, got me the ticket for Christmas, which was very nice. So yeah, what did you guys think of the show? Like, what were the highlights for you guys? My highlight was during Fist Bump, which we didn't record. Fist Bump was the second song during the rock half of the concert. Um, it was also the first time that Shadow the Hedgehog popped up onto the screen. And this girl, like, three rows behind us, just screamed and was, like, crying. I was like, Shadow! Oh my god! And it was, that was my highlight. Seeing a grown woman break down and cry at the sight of Shadow the Hedgehog, it warmed my heart. I think that was the same woman. If you listen to His World, she lost her mind when Silver popped up on the screen. And I think you can hear it in the video. That was hilarious. Uh, For me... It was both a highlight and like a, dang, how come I didn't think of this? But before the show started, Jun Senoe was outside signing autographs, taking pictures, and he was just being there, interacting with the fans. There was a lineup to visit him. I didn't even think about bringing something for him to sign. And I kind of regret not taking a picture because like after I saw him there, I'm like, well, I don't have anything to sign. I'm not going to go in line. But no. I definitely should have gone in line and taken a picture with him because if they do come here, there's no guarantee he would join them. So that may have been like a once in a lifetime opportunity I missed out on. But as for the concert itself, when he came out at first, his first song he played was I Am All of Me. And just like the second he started playing the guitar, like you could tell, like it was it was incredible. And the guy knows how much of a boss he is. 
because every time he came up to do a guitar solo, he would actually like walk to the front of the stage, put his foot on the amplifier or something and just like go to town and just the energy of the crowd. Like I knew it was going to be something special, but just being there, that even blew my expectations out of the water. It was such a good show. Honestly, Mateo, those were the, um, those were the things that I was going to mention also like Jun Senaway being there. And like, so we walked into the, the Paramount theater in Seattle and I asked, I guess one of the ushers there, I'm like, okay, well, what are the lines for? Right. Cause like, I wanted to buy a t-shirt and they're like, yeah, one line is for merch. And then like the conductor or something was there signing autographs. I'm like, I don't need the conductor's autograph. Kevin, if you're listening, you're a boss. But I didn't I didn't know who you were at the time. I knew who you were after I left. And I'm like, I don't want that. So I lined up for the merch. And Jules and I went to go get a t-shirt. I think I think it was Jules in the line with me. Or was it Giancarlo? We were all there, I think. Okay, so all of us were in the line to get the merch. And as we were approaching the turn, and, and I look at this guy, I'm like, there's a guy there with like long gray hair. I'm like, that can't be the conductor until I was like, that's Jun Senaway. I'm like, what? He's, like, he's half a crush 40. Yeah, half a crush 40 is like right over there and like we're in the wrong line. <laughs> so it was kind of funny, just like, ah, crap, whatever. And I kind of like, okay. And then we, the discussion was actually, and like, Jules, I'll open this question up to you also. So if we were prepared and brought something for Jim Senaway to sign, what would it be? Mateo's like, oh, okay, our childhood copy of like Sonic Adventure 1. And I would argue, like, no, because, like, the one that we have is the player's choice one on GameCube. I would argue get the Dreamcast one because that's at least the first one. And it's like, I would guess, increase the value of that specific game because it's an older, harder to find game. But what, what would you get signed? I'm not a big fan of signatures, if I'm being honest. Like, I love Crush 40. Don't get me wrong. I do. I don't know if I'd want them to sign any of my games. I don't, I don't think I'd want that. If I was going to get him to sign something, I would have rather have got him to sign the shirt that I bought or bought the like little poster or the hat for the symphony tour and had him sign that. Because I think for me, I would have liked him to sign something that I bought there because it would have been more of a memory of the symphony. Mm-hmm. And that would have meant more to me than him signing like a game. That's probably what I would have gone with. Mateo, are you still going with the childhood copy of Sonic Adventure? Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for that type of nostalgic stuff. Like I I got like Grant Kirkhope to sign our childhood Banjo-Kazooie cartridges and and stuff like that. Like I got hockey jerseys signed by my favorite players. And those were like my childhood jerseys and stuff. Like I kind of like having that. Like when I retire something, I, I want, you know, someone to... To sign it and it's never going to get touched again so i like that type of memorabilia if the symphony does come here i would go again in a heartbeat it was so good like i think it was better than the final fantasy symphony that we went to and and honestly i would even say it's at least i enjoyed it more than the zelda symphonies when we went to two or three symphony of the goddesses i don't remember how many we went to but we did three so I enjoyed myself at the Sonic Symphony more than any of those other shows. If it comes here, I'm going to do my best to convince as many people to come as possible because the energy, like I said, it was so infectious. We sang through everything and it was magical. Sonic music is legitimately good. And like going there and seeing this auditorium full of like 4,000 people, whatever it was, singing away, it just, it felt like vindicating in a way. We're like, yes, there are other people that feel this way. And it was really, really cool. So it was a very, I wouldn't use the word magical to describe my experience. Like magical was like what I felt the first time I saw the Final Fantasy or the Legend of Zelda symphonies. Like I felt like magical, like it brought me back to my childhood and like made me re-experience these really beautiful moments 
that I had with gaming. This was like magical doesn't describe this one. This one can only be described by like the word, I guess like euphoric. It wasn't like magic, like in the same way. Like it was more just like it brought the weird kid in me out. <laughs> like if that makes sense. You have to be very specific with your descriptions, Jules, because the Sonic fandom, as much as I love the music, can be a little um yeah, it, 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 in it, like the weird, sense yeah. of the word, right? Like it's not cool to be super obsessed with Sonic. Like I'm sorry, like I'm I and I wear that as like a like a proud badge of honor. Like my computer is covered in Sonic stickers and when you know, like one of my students will see it and be like, oh my God, Sonic. And like I connect over Sonic. People who vibe on this level with Sonic aren't exactly like running the the show and the social spheres of high school or society, which is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like it, it, it brought out the like weird kid in me and made me feel part of something bigger. And again, like it didn't feel magical. It felt like it just felt like a craze. It was really cool being in there. It's almost like an epidemic, like an epidemic of like sound. It's almost like you know how much you like this this music, right? But you don't really believe that other people like it as much as you do because it's such an odd, obscure thing to like. But to be in a room where people were literally breaking down, crying, seeing a black and red hedgehog on the screen was very fun. Yeah. Not in a way that I'm like making fun of that person, in a way that I'm celebrating that person because I'm like, I'm the same way. When I saw Shadow pop up at the end of Sonic 2 in the post credit scene, I screamed like a child in a theater full of children where none of them cared. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things where it's just like, I was there because like, I legitimately believe like the Sonic, like rock music, like any of the, those crush 40 songs to like a person that it like, doesn't know the Sonic fandom or like any Sonic music, whatever. They'd be like, Hey, this is a pretty good band. When I was kind of like just getting back into some of my work after the new year's, like I was playing like the persona five OST, just like on my phone, as well as some of the Sonic music. And like my coworkers are like, Gino, you have like very good taste in music. This is like good stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's from this band from the early two thousands. When I when it like I was describing Crush Forty and stuff, right? So like if I explained to them like yes, this is Sonic the Hedgehog, it would probably be one of those things where my coworkers would probably like scoff at me and just be like, whatever, and they wouldn't give it a second uh, chance or a second glance. But like I'm just like yeah, this is just like good music, and that's like honestly the reason why I was there. And it reminded me of this moment when I was just driving around in the city here one time, and I saw some dude with a bumper sticker in his car, and it says, "Don't mind me, I'm just vibing to the Sonic 2 soundtrack and it was a bumper sticker and i'm like this yeah. guy knows <laughs> i forgot and about that if i have the photo of it still i think i think i took a picture of it we can include it in on the on the youtube yeah. portion here and if that's you listening to this right now get another one and send it over to us the person i actually really want to shout out is the guy that dressed up as mario and went to the sonic symphony that was pretty funny he was a legend that guy and he had a really good mario voice too so if you have the opportunity to go see the sonic symphony don't miss out on it you're gonna regret it it's that good and i like i couldn't hear anything being there like it i'm like this is the closest thing to beatlemania i'll get to because the beatles were famous for performing at their shows and no one would be able to hear them because the audience was screaming so loud and like actually being there i couldn't really hear much like i heard the instruments i couldn't hear singing but then after listening to the videos I recorded back at our hotel, I'm like, wow, they actually sung. They sounded really good because I could hear it better. 
So I'm so happy that we were able to experience that as a group because we're all big Sonic fans. And uh, like I said, if you are a big Sonic fan, go out, find a way to go see the symphony. You will not regret it. Yeah, it was absolutely electric in there. Like the energy in that room was so, so good. And everyone came in, doesn't matter what, from what walk of life you were in, you were going there, you were... Yeah, they had the like the orchestra, uh, the orchestrated bits and everything, which was just like more reminiscent of like the early days of Sonic and some of the more like all the 2D stuff. But once it got to like the, the rock half of the show, shit got real. It was real fun. And the orchestra was absolutely great in the background, like adding so much more depth to a lot of those rock songs and everything. So yeah, echoing everything Mateo says, it was great. If you have an opportunity, go. It is a damn good party. Transitioning out of the Sonic Symphony and into a new Sonic game that was announced. It actually leaked a few days ago, but I kind of didn't believe now, it was let's real. Let's clarify. It is not a new Sonic game. It is a new Shadow game. <laughs> <laughs> it is a new Sonic X Shadow game. No, it is a, a same Sonic game and new Shadow game. But anyways, today, as of the day of recording, Sony had their state of play. And uh, a few days ago, a leak went around which was 100% real after watching the show, they said in the leak, uh, a new game is going to be announced called Sonic X Shadow Generations. And we were speculating like what this could be before the state of play. And we had all these crazy theories, but like it, it sounds like what's going to end up being released is actually more than I expected because I went in with low expectations thinking, oh, they're just going to put Shadow as another playable character during the the main Sonic Generations campaign. But no, like they're they're making their own campaign for Shadow. Like he's going to get his own missions and everything. He's not going to be playable in the Sonic missions, at least from what they've said so far. Like that could be something that gets announced later, but like no, and like it's actually going to be seemingly substantial content because to quote the playstation blog players will dive into shadow's dark past to understand his motivations and learn more about him as a character and we've seen in the trailer like there's at least one new level that they've shown maybe two because it, it kind of all looks the same but then the uh there's those two bosses that are in there the villain of shadow the hedgehog black doom and then the bio lizard from Sonic Adventure 2 is in there as well. So apparently Shadow's going to have new moves and abilities as well. Like th this is not like this seems to me like it could be more like a, a Bowser's Fury sort of side content, like substantial side content to what like Sonic Generations is. If it so like that is phenomenal. And it's like a it's a brilliant move because Shadow is going to be in the Sonic movie this year sonic 3 so this is the year of shadow plus is also getting a skin for um sonic superstars later this month or later in february i'm so excited and uh, jules i know you're very excited being the resident shadow expert yeah no i'm i'm really really pumped part of me is a little worried that it won't be as substantial as we think it is but i'd like to think that it is because they're calling it a campaign and i'd like to think that shadow will have as much as each of the Sonics. But I think this is a brilliant idea. Like, when I heard that there was going to be a Sonic Generations remaster coming, the first thing I said was, why? And mostly because I just felt like it didn't need one. Because it's an anniversary game, and, you know, it was already on an HD console. And I just kind of felt like, why would they choose that one why not just make a sequel to it or something so i was a little confused and when i was speculating what they might add i just assumed oh maybe they'll add stuff from like all the games that have 
come out since like forces and superstars and frontiers but i would have never expected this direction and i think that this is way more interesting i was literally just saying a couple weeks ago to our friend phil like it's been 18 years since shadow had a prominent role in a main series sonic game and that's Mm -hmm. too long for who is like literally the second most popular character in the series and i know that sonic took a very big turn in terms of tone and gameplay after sonic 06 because of sega misinterpreting why people didn't like sonic 06 but it's been too long and i'm really excited that they are bringing shadow back and i'm really excited that they're giving him this prominence and that they're recognizing that he does have a deep history with the series because i just feel like everything he's appeared in pretty much since sonic 06 and some of the side games around that time have been so minimal and it, it's tough even like sonic prime I, I i watched the first two seasons i haven't watched the third season so i don't know if this was changed but one of the big marketing pieces of sonic prime like really early on one of the first things they showed was shadow that was something they used to market the show you know how much shadow was in the first season he's in like two scenes in an eight episode season and then in the second season, they use Shadow again. So they ended the first season. Like the first season ended on a cliffhanger where Shadow like jumped out of the timeline and like attacked Sonic and then it ended. And then the marketing material for the second season again used Shadow to hype it up. And how much Shadow was in that second season? Same thing. Like two scenes. He was barely in it. And it just it's driving me nuts because it's like Sega is fully aware the hype that Shadow generates. They're fully aware how popular Shadow is as a character, which is evident when we went to go see the symphony. It's evident in their marketing. It's evident anytime that they bring him in. But I feel like they've been scared to use him for some reason. And I really, really hope that this is a resurgence for the character. I hope that between Sonic X Shadow generations and sonic 3 movie that shadow kind of has a resurgence and that whatever we get coming from sonic starts to add shadow as a playable character again like that was arguably the height of the sonic fandom like when shadow was first brought in because at the time like sonic adventure 1 and sonic adventure 2 were massive massive deals like and shadow was i honestly think shadow is a huge part of that because shadow is a phenomenal design the concept behind him is fantastic being like the evil Sonic. I think it's brilliant. Like, imagine if Nintendo stopped making Luigi prominent for all these years, knowing how popular he is, and then finally brings him back after, like, all these years. Like, that would, that seems absurd. And, like, Sega's been doing that with Shadow. Like, I'm sorry, like, the offerings that they've given us with Shadow in the past, basically since Sonic 06, have not been enough. And the fans are what's keeping this franchise really relevant still. And the movies are a big part of that. And I think having this tie-in with the movie is brilliant because you're going to introduce Shadow to a whole new audience of people. And they're going to love him because he's fantastic. And, like, what better way to bring the character back into the forefront than this? Because Sonic Generations is already a beloved game in the Sonic franchise. And you're just adding, hopefully, because you have to say hopefully with Sonic games, a quality sort of expansion to it. And this has the potential to be an incredible success because they're just building off of a phenomenal game. So yeah, this is the potential to put Sonic Generations into S tier. Yep. <laughs> Link to our Sonic tier list right here. Once Sonic <laughs> X Shadow Generations comes out, maybe we'll we update redo that it. <laughs> tier list because we've had a couple new games come out since then. 
and I'm sure we could update it. We've replayed some Sonic games since then as well. And we've played the Sonic 06 fan uh, fix. No, no, no. Fans, fan games aren't part of this, but you don't need a fan. Jules, fix. you're hurting your case. You know how good Sonic yeah. 06 yeah. is. Sonic P06 would enhance the Sonic 06 position rules. So if we can't count it, well, so I yeah. guess it's got to stay the same. <laughs> TDD. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, I kind of wanted to chime in a little bit about the um, uh, the Sonic X Shadow stuff. Not that stuff. I know what you thought you I was saying, but no. The game, not anything else you can find on Google for Sonic I'm X Googling Shadow. I'm Googling it right now. Don't. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the whole thing with Sonic Generations was that so it was a kind of like a coming together of the uh, the 2D gameplay as well as the 3D gameplay. Do you think Shadow will have two gameplay types? No, 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 no. I and no Shadow very, with guns? No, I think or that's very clear from how they've shown it already. It's because they're marketing him as a third playable character along Classic and Modern yep. Sonic. So I think that makes it very clear that he's just one playstyle, like he's the third playstyle. Okay, but what would that playstyle be, though? I think it was on the official Sonic Twitter. He's gonna be using like unique abilities and I want I don't want to say weapons, but like kind of like items, because like he was seen like you see him shooting some sort of like light based projectile or something in one of the boss fight scenes in the uh, the trailer. I didn't but notice that. I think he's going to have some sort of like ranged attack, but like it's not going to be with guns, okay. obviously. Like I think they would have sh- they would have shown that and that obviously would have raised the age rating of the game. Do you think there would be any of the vehicle stuff from Sonic 06 coming in, like the hover car, like the um, uh, motorbike or the ATV? It all depends on how far they want to go with it because so far they've only shown stuff from Sonic 06, or sorry, Sonic adventure 2 and shadow the hedgehog if it's going to be as substantial as the other two sonics because they had nine missions each so is shadow going to have nine missions is he going to have four like we don't know the scope of it i'm sure we're going to find out in the summer because i think they normally do a sonic presents or whatever they call it uh in the summer and i think we'll find out more about the game then but they said it's a parallel campaign to sonics so i think at some point you're probably going to end up fighting sonic because if the the, yeah. the campaigns sort of clash like they did in like Sonic Adventure, just say. Sonic fights Shadow to get a Chaos Emerald in Generations. I could see the that mission play out, but from Shadow's perspective in the Shadow's campaign. So Oh shit, yeah. yeah. That, that would be cool. If you watch the gameplay, it looks very similar to Sonic Boost gameplay. However, it seems to be a little le- like a little slower. And there's moments, again, like what you said, Mateo, with like the light attack and stuff, where I feel like it, Shadow's campaign is going to be a little bit more combat focused than Sonic's. Like, I think there's going to be more portions where you slow down. It's more like the adventure games where it's not just about boosting forward. Like, there's going to be, like, fights because he's going to have more combat abilities. Like, that's what I'm anticipating out of his So a little little slower, more aggressive. Yes. Oh, okay. Which fits the character. This is a big test for, for fans. Like, if you want Sonic to go back to that adventure style, I really think you should buy this game because I think Sega, based on like a lot of other interviews and stuff they've had, like they know that fans want a Sonic Adventure continuation or like remasters of those games or remakes of those games. I think seeing how big Shadow's fan base is in terms of sales is a huge, huge, huge indicator for them to, to actually like greenlight an even larger more ambitious project so like this has immediately become like one of my most anticipated games of the year yeah like same i cannot wait until 
Autumn. Um, It'll probably be September, is um, my guess. But yeah. But the last thing I'll just mention is like Mateo had mentioned like the parallel story. And what I, I noticed in the trailer is like the first bit of the, the trailer is Shadow is um can't remember what this level's called from Sonic Adventure Two, but it's the one like up in the, the air, right in yeah. the space. Oh, um, whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it's called. Um, but it like the first part of the trailer is that, and then like when he gets partway through the level, Black Doom, right? Who's the main villain of Son- uh, Shadow the Hedgehog? Also, his father in a way <laughs> jumps out of a portal, and then everything goes crazy, and then turns into like a different level. And so my my theory around like the parallel story is that what's happening with Sonic's story with the like time whatever his name is. Um, like messing up the timelines and converging the timelines. I think what's happening here is that Black Doom is brought back to life because of the timeline, and now Black Doom is going to be the villain again, and he's going to be like bringing Shadow through a bunch of his past. And the press release talks about some of the games that Shadow first appeared in, and it mentions Sonic Adventure 2, it mentions Sonic Heroes, and it mentions Sonic Battle. So I feel like if they're going to mention those games by name in the press release there's a good chance that we're going to get stages or boss battles from those games so like i would expect that shadows the majority of shadow stuff is going to be pulled from sonic adventure 2 shadow of the hedgehog and maybe sonic 06 um but he's also appeared you know in sonic forces he's also appeared in sonic battle he's also appeared in sonic heroes he's appeared in the sonic rivals games um so there's lots of things to pull from um for shadow's story specifically i don't know if we'll get nine levels because he hasn't really been in nine prominent games. He was in the Black Knight. Yes, he was in the Black Knight. But that technically wasn't Shadow, right? Like, that was technically Lancelot. Like, Shadow himself wasn't actually there. But yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I mean. It's like, uh, it depends on what they choose to do. Uh, If they didn't mention Sonic Battle in the press release, I wouldn't even be considering that things like Sonic Rivals or Sonic and the Black Knight could be a possibility. But because they mentioned Sonic Battle, which is really just like a a deep fighting game spinoff like that's interesting and i'm excited either way i think as long as we get like five or six levels and a a few boss battles i'd be pretty happy with it all i know is i recently bought sonic uh generations for 3ds and i and i shared it in one of my game hall videos but i'm actually gonna fast track playing that now i'm really excited to play it because uh, i've heard it's really good that actually be one thing that would be really nice if they actually pulled in the 3ds levels in on the home console version of this game also just have one version for everything have all the content in there and then you can have both chaos and bio lizard fights yeah but i think they would have already announced that no because that would have taken away also from like the big shadow hype and i feel like that was the real focus for this teaser trailer right like it was just like shadow is here it's possible but i think the fact that they showed off the bio lizard and the bio lizard is part of shadow's campaign and that is one of the 3ds boss fights i don't think it's gonna happen also if you pull like like side by sides of the game this isn't a sonic colors deal right like they're not remastering the game the game looks the exact same as it did on the 360 ps3 so the way we have to approach this is this isn't a remaster this is a re-release with additional content. Yeah. Right? So, so kind of like what Nintendo did with Mario Kart. Yeah. So uh, more, I would say closer to what like Mateo said with Mario 3D World, right? Um, with Bowser's Fury. So I, I personally don't think they're going to add the 3DS levels. I do think that they would have already said that. I think this is the like the big 
feature here is that Shadow is getting substantial content. And I, I do hope that Shadow gets substantial content. Like, I do really hope that they follow through on what they're marketing and what they're pushing, which is that Shadow is the third playable character. And if he's going to be the third playable character, he should have close to the amount of content as each of the others. Anyway, uh, was there anything else uh, in the uh, state of play or was it really just like this was kind of just like the noteworthy bit? Really just that for me. Other than Kojima is insane. That's the only other thing. He's making like a Metal Gear sort of spiritual successor. Like they said, it's an espionage game. But I don't know, Kojima, he's uh, it's not going to be a normal espionage game if it's Kojima. Like modern Kojima is very different than the Kojima that made the Metal Gear games. But they announced that. They announced, uh, or they showed off uh, Silent Hill 2. There was a free-to-play Silent Hill game that got Shadow Drop. Another big thing was at the end, they said, there's a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth state of play happening. I think it's next week. Oh, okay. So that's going to be a big one. On February 6th. And that that actually falls in line with some leaks that were were coming out last week which was saying that there was going to be a state of play with final fantasy 7 rebirth and they were going to be dropping a demo for the game on final fantasy 7 day which is february 7th so that that seems to line up speaking of i recently finished a replay of final fantasy 7 remake and intermission and i'm very very excited for rebirth it's my most anticipated game this year um, was actually my most anticipated game of last year before I got pushed into this year. And I'm just like really, really pumped for that game. I think I think that this is going to be the remake that people wanted. I think this one is going to break the mold. Like I think that remake didn't get a lot of buzz partially because it, you know, released right at the peak of lockdown and, you know, also released like a little bit after the Animal Crossing craze. So it kind of got overshadowed by that. And I think that remake really didn't get the buzz that it should have gotten considering it was a Final Fantasy VII remake, but also like what's about to be adapted in Rebirth are all the famous parts of Final Fantasy VII. So I think that we're you hear a lot of buzz about this game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the next part of Final Fantasy VII. I have famously never actually play, uh, finished Final Fantasy VII. Every time I've played it on the PS1, uh, every time I played it on the Switch uh, with the re-release, I always quit right around the part where Final Fantasy VII Remake actually ended. So when it act, so when it ended just after, like going into the, the world map, it was well just before, like right where you get, um, like going into the Shinra Tower mm-hmm. and doing all that kind of stuff. Like I finished the Shinra Tower on ninety percent of my playthroughs of that game, and then I just stop immediately after. And when Final Fantasy VII, like when the first remake finished right there, I'm like, perfect. This is normally where I drop off. And I'm really excited to finally get to see the rest of the story. I mean, if you see the rest of the story, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for it. I'm most excited about the theory crafting and seeing if all these theories that have been going around are going to follow through. Um, When I first played Remake, I went in blind and I didn't really think too hard about the things that they were the new things that they were adding and i tried to interpret them myself and then read lots of theories after and now on this replay i really went in with the idea of some of the theories i've read and my playthrough of it like just i just felt i'm like these theories have to be true like there's a future storyline going on here there's going to be 
you know, some not I don't think changes to necessarily the story, but there's gonna be like a continuation of that like future context. Um and I'm very excited to see what they do because I think that they're gonna pull on our heartstrings and like the most iconic moment of Final Fantasy Seven is gonna be in this game and we'll see how it plays out because they're teasing that it's gonna be just as shocking as it was in the original. Anyway, there was also a Xbox um uh showcase a few weeks ago now was it it was last week oh i think it was the week before it was uh the xbox developer direct you know with those showcases they announce everything in advance what's going to be there and yes avowed looked incredible and i'm a big fan of hellblade and so hellblade 2 looked incredible as well uh and then there was that other that like civ like game that gino liked and then they surprised people with the new mana game being there and that looks good as well but Indiana Jones was the the focal point of that. And I joked that Sonic and Shadow uh, Generations is my most anticipated game, but it's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, it looked fantastic. It's everything I wanted it to be. Troy Baker sounds so similar to Harrison Ford. Like, Machine Games is such a talented developer. And yeah, it's first person, but like I honestly don't think that really matters because so many fantastic sort of action games are first person like look at the benchmark of the genre is metroid prime and like all three of those games are fantastic and like traversal like climbing and stuff i view similar to like the morph ball when the camera zooms out and you can see indie climbing and stuff and like puzzle solving is going to be incredible in that game and they said the way the puzzle solving works is like no one playthrough is going to be similar to another like you can do all these different puzzles in any order you want or like some are more important than others but like there's gonna be a lot of player freedom and it's set between the events of raiders of the lost ark and the last crusade so like it's the classic indie sort of feel it's gonna be there it's in continuity they really nailed the vibe of that game and i really hope it makes it this year uh machine games i don't think is like the two wolfenstein games that they made I don't think they got delayed, but yeah, it's going to be a Game Pass uh, launch, an Xbox and PC exclusive. So what did you guys think of Indiana Jones? Like, I'm over the moon about that game. I'm very excited. I am going to mitigate my thoughts because I don't want to dampen the <laughs> the You're feeling worried. here. I, I'm not worried. I'm disappointed. Um, really? Okay. Not because I don't think it looks good, but because I... I am a firm believer that when it comes to games that feature iconic characters, that making it first person ruins the magic of seeing the character. Like, I'm sure that the game will still feel very Indiana Jones-like, but the fact I'm not going to watch Indiana Jones do these things, I'm going to be watching a pair of hands do it, drives me nuts. Like, that drives me nuts because I'm like, I am not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. And I would like to be viewing him doing these things instead of watching hands do it. It's a very fair point. Yeah, and while they have said, oh, like, you know, like, there's moments where it zooms out and you can see Indian third person, it has the the very Bethesda, it has the very Bethesda third person look of, like, he looks like he's an NPC when he's moving in third person. Like when he was climbing the ladder, I'm like, honestly, just let me climb the ladder in first person. If that's the way you're going to design the third person model, like it, 
that's that's my gripe with it is it's like they kind of just like we're like well you get the best of both worlds and i'm like but you don't because when it zooms out and he's like climbing a ladder he looks so like robotic and i personally would have liked the perspective to be similar to something like star wars jedi where i get to watch the character and be like oh look at what indy's doing look at these cool things and like like constantly admire indiana jones as a character but i also recognize that you know as being made by machine games machine games is more proficient in developing first person games they made the right choice for them as a developer to make the best game that they possibly can and they're sticking to this philosophy of like you get to be indiana jones and that's fine it's a creative choice i just personally it, it it killed some of the excitement for me just because I'm like, I would prefer a third-person game that's similar to, like, Tomb Raider Uncharted, and I don't like seeing, watching hands. I, don't, I personally just don't like a first-person perspective in most scenarios. But I'm sure when I play the game, I'm going to love it anyway. I think yeah. I, I, that's just my first impression is like, oh, I thought it was going to be something different. But otherwise, the gameplay looked very impressive. Like, I, I do think it looks really good, and I do think it's going to capture what Indiana Jones is for the most part. And I am very excited to play it, and it is the one game that is making me want to subscribe to Game Pass again. That's one of those games where, like, I don't really buy physical xbox games anymore i'm mostly a digital consumer on xbox but like i would 1000 percent buy a physical copy of that game because i love indiana jones so much like it's one of my favorite movie franchises even as like a kid i was obsessed with indiana jones so like now that we're actually gonna have a triple a indiana jones game that's just a, a huge huge win in my books and i really want to have a physical copy of that i don't want to be relegated to having a digital copy of that game like it would mean something to me to have a physical copy so if you know there's talks that xbox is going to be bowing out of uh selling physical games because like hellblade 2 is digital only so i really hope that indiana jones is one of those games that actually gets a physical release so my i have my fingers crossed on that because i would buy it in a heartbeat even a collector's edition for that game would be absolutely sick imagine getting like indy's hat or like the idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark as like a little collectible. Cause like Todd Howard has been like sharing a lot of images of that. I think that'd be really cool to have. So Bethesda collector's editions in general though, have always been good quality except for the bag, the fallout 76 bag, yeah. like the Starfield, <laughs> the Starfield special edition, say whatever you want about the game itself. That watch was cool. I yeah. wanted one. I wanted to be able to, I just want to buy the watch because I already have yeah. the game digitally. It came with my graphics card. I want the watch. Skyrim had the really cool Alduin statue, and it's just like Bethesda's collector's editions, for the most part, have been very, very, very good. Yeah, but that was like the Bethesda Game Studios. Yeah, I have to look at what Machine Games if they've made any for the Wolfenstein games because those are the most comparable games to indie. Yeah, and not but, just the genre of shooting German people. Yes, they're the most qualified. <laughs> Xbox Studio in that regard, so that's why it's a perfect fit. Well, they could reuse all the Wolfenstein models and just slightly modify the colors. No, but you know what? The the actual like character models themselves, the faces, they look so good. Like the first scene with Indies in the desert, buried in the ground, like that guy's face that like he's just like looking at him at eye level. I'm like, wow. You can tell, first of all, Indy clobbered him in the face because he's got a bandage around his nose. But yeah, he looked so menacing. I forgot they, they they announced the actor for that role, but I'm like, man, he's so intense. He fits right 
with the other like big bads in the Indiana Jones uh, movies. Like the good thing about the story is like they had like the the really big henchman that you know is going to die a grisly death somehow in the game. And like Indy, when he whips out his gun, he realizes like, oh, I can't do anything. So he just shoots the guy. The comedic moments in the trailer were there. Yeah. And like the shot of him, like at the very end of the trailer where he's like on one plane and he runs and jumps onto the wings of the other plane. That looked so cool. The fan favorite character is coming back as well. Mm-hmm. Marcus Brody. I can't wait to see Salah. If Salah's there, but like it's a globe trotting adventure, which is going to be great. Great. Like it's going to, they said it's going to be going to that. You're going to go to the Vatican. You're going to the desert. You're going to all these really elaborate historic places. And even like stuff that they're doing with the camera, like when he's puddles of solving, he's, he put his hand in that compartment and you see a spider crawl up his arm. Like that to me, like those types of moments are going to be really, really, really cool. And I hope they have more of them. So just, yeah, like Indiana Jones in the great circle. I just really hope it's going to come out this year uh, because I've already think I, I'm going to call it. I've taken an L on my prediction for my most anticipated game of the year. <laughs> Two years in a row. Yeah, rip Suicide Squad. Yeah, Indiana Jones is definitely the the real choice. So hopefully it makes it. One last thing for Indiana Jones for me. I hope that if there's like a fast travel system, it's the map with the dotted line. That's all I gotta say. I need that. Oh yeah. Give me that somewhere. Anyway. They showed it in the trailer, so there's a good chance that those uh, sequences would be in the game. The other thing to mention is that Persona 3 Reload comes out this week. Oh, yeah. And I know that we're all kind of very excited about that release. And I've been watching a lot of the Persona, like, intros and stuff to get hyped for it. And I'm just very, I'm very excited to experience our very first Persona game altogether. Because we all got into Persona 5, but we all got into it at different times. Mm -hmm. And none of us have played Persona 3. So all of us will be playing it alongside each other, which will be fun to be like, oh, who are you waifuing up? And (laughs) where are you? And like all that stuff, you know? And it's not just us, right? There's a few other people in our, our larger friend group that are also playing it that are just as big, if not bigger, Persona fans than some of us. And then the other thing is I'm going in completely blind. Like... I only saw the trailer when it was first shown in the Xbox show and playing Persona 5 and knowing that this game is going to feel a lot similar. Persona 5 is all that I need. I have it pre-installed. I got it ready to go when it launches the night before the actual date. I don't have a timeline, like a a time limit to play that game. I know you guys do because you want to play Final Fantasy. But I'm just going to I'm going to take my time with that game. I'm I'm looking forward to it so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try my best to finish it in time for Final Fantasy. But the reality is it is a long game, so um, it's possible I won't. But I'm excited either way. And, you know, I've read a lot about like some of the updates that they've made to the game. And I feel and like looking at the reviews, like the reviews are saying it's like really, really good. So. And like a lot of people still swear by this game. That's the thing about Persona that's very interesting is that there are people who swear that Persona 3 is the best game. There are people who swear that Persona 4 is the best game. And there's people who swear that Persona 5 is the best game. It's very cool and refreshing to have a series where like all the games are so 
I, I am excited to play this one with these quality of life updates because this was the most outdated one. And I hope Persona 4 gets this treatment because Persona 4 is fantastic. And I hope you guys play it at some point because it I like it better than 5. This was always the plan though, Jules, is that like, because we said that we were going to do it and then they announced the remakes or like, I guess we have to play 3, then go back to 4. Yep. And I think, you know, 4 might feel a little outdated when you do play it. However... Um, the most outdated thing about four is the fact that the dungeons are randomly generated floors, which is still the case in three. So you'll get a sense of that when you're playing three reload and then be prepped for that. And you'll probably be more receptive to, to four's gameplay. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to be quite the experience playing that simultaneously with everyone and, and, checking in with each other seeing how far you are and like all that so last but not least now that we're going to be crossing into february you know what's going to be happening the nintendo Never direct watches oh never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes that too the live action avatar show is uh is going to be fun we're all looking forward to that we're going to have two marathon nights watching that show but uh the nintendo direct watch is going to hit a uh, fever pitch Everyone's going to be talking about it eagerly, waiting in front of their computer, waiting for the, the press release to come out. Just start mashing F5 now. Yeah. Before we sign out, do you guys want to uh, look at your calendars and place a little bet about uh, what day you think the Direct is going to happen on? Pokemon Day. No, there will be a Pokemon Presents on Pokemon Day, which is the 28th. Yeah, and I, I think um, I want to make a prediction. Like, a lot of the Pokemon YouTubers yeah. that I've been following recently... Well, we'll do a prediction episode when that comes, Gina. I want to talk about it, though, save because it. it's like... Save it. Eh, fine, I will. Save it. Save it, save we'll, it. We, we tease do the audience. Don't tease the audience. We got, we, we got time to do that one. That one will be on the 28th for sure. Um, or the 27th, whatever Pokemon Day is. And then the Direct, if it's coming next week, I am going to say that um, it's going to be on... Well, it might not be this coming week. It probably will be in February. I'm saying, what day in February do you think? I'm going to say, because I like to believe in fate making things as difficult as possible, I'm going to say that it's going to be on February 7th, because that's the day that Giancarlo and I are going to see the Near Automata concert, the symphony which means I won't be able to record an episode that night. So I'm going to say it's going to be that night. That's also going to be Final Fantasy VII Day. That is Final Fantasy VII Day. And for me, I've heard people say that last year, Nintendo's Direct, the February Direct, was the day after their earnings report. And yes, that would be on February 7th. So I'm also going to say February 7th on the Wednesday. So Jules, for your sake, I really hope that you get time to enjoy the nintendo direct if it happens to fall on that day but uh like we do every single time there is a nintendo direct if we have enough time we'll make a predictions video but for sure we will do our breakdown and we will talk about it because it's always fun to do that and go over all the yeah. announcements and what we're looking forward to most coming from nintendo because yeah. 2024 is going to be a massive year for nintendo because of the launch of their next system is the worst kept secret it's happening this year yes. so however the breakdown may come a day late if it is on the 7th yeah i was also going to say february 7th because we haven't heard anything this uh, this week we know there's going to be one coming they might make the announcement on february 7th saying hey keep your eyes open for maybe on thursday or friday the day before but i'm going to say we hear something on the 7th so 777 there we go well anyways that brings us to the end of today's episode if you like what you heard today hit that like subscribe or follow button if you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas you have for upcoming episodes, 
or just share your thoughts with a comment. We'll see you next time at the Hub World. Microsoft, make a new banjo game. See everybody. Bye. See ya. Hey.